Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah. This is the Fizzle Show, our chance to help freelancers, creatives, and indie entrepreneurs by sharing the nuts and bolts of building a small business that works. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something you care about. Your hosts are Barrett Brooks, the head of growth, Steph Crowder, the director of member success, Corbett Barr, our experienced CEO, and me, Chase Reeves, the heart and chutzpah creative director. We run fizzle.co, a website full of training courses to help you run a small business and more importantly, where you'll find the community of entrepreneurs who won't let you quit. Actually, I don't know if it's more importantly. I mean, it's really unique because when you're building something alongside other people who know what you're talking about, who don't think you're crazy for wanting to do this, that's super helpful. But we have a lot of fizzlers that just do the courses. Anyways, you can try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. That's five weeks free. Okay, in this episode... Listen, the whole idea of content marketing is predicated on one core belief. We're all screwed if it's a bogus belief. Uh, This is a, a quote from Stephen Fossey writing in the Fizzle Forums recently. He asks, The model proposed in blogging seems to be that you show what you know, and people sign up, and then you sell them more of what you know. He says, I almost never pay for anything on the web when I have been attracted by free content. Why would my audience... Steve's question is a good one, a question most of us ask at some point in the journey of building a blog or podcast or anything like that with the hopes of eventually earning revenue from a product of some kind. So on the show today, we dissect this issue. You may have an idea of what the results probably are, but how we get there will surprise you. Corbett's ideas and experiences here are especially insightful. Subscribe if you haven't. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 135. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Uh, uh, hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. What does it mean? What do you mean? What She's is looking for a booty call. What's the hotline bling? His phone. Yeah, so he knows when... When you call what, me on my cell phone. When you call me on my cell phone. He knows it? It can only mean one thing. If she calls him, it's booty call. So when he so he knows it when his when his cell phone rings. That's what he's saying when he says, I know when that hotline bling. He says, I'm aware when my cell phone rings. That's kind of what he's saying, right? Man. No, I know when you call me on my cell phone. Uh-huh. You only want one thing. Okay. And it's my Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> too, too early in the day for that, Barrett. That was too graphic. This has been Barrett Interprets Current Hip Hop Music. I'm your host, Chase Reeves. That was Barrett's interpretation of the new Drake single, I Am Canadian. <laughs> uh, guys, we're, we're here. We're here. We're back for another show. For some of the block rocket beats. Back with another one of block dropping beats. Sorry, I I'm doing that while I pull up my Asana list to remember what the show is about. Oh, was that just the uh that was the Jeopardy music? Yeah, yeah. Now Steph, uh Steph, you're in Chicago where is it started getting cold yet? It has started getting cold. We're in the thirties today. Whoa. What? Just really came out of nowhere. Not cool. Any of that. Yeah, no. Over there. No bueno. Mm -hmm. No bueno. 30s. Wow. Wow. It's rainy in Portland, which is great. It's not rainy enough. Uh, Barrett, how is it where you are? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday morning, I learned that you need fenders. Why why do you need fenders? Because your pants get soaked when it's actually. Fenders, Fenders on what? Fenders on what? On your bike. Explain to people. I don't think the rest of the country necessarily knows that. Oh, you live in Portland. You just ride around everywhere. It turns out. In Portland, many people ride bikes. Mm. I'm one of them. And if you don't have fenders covering your wheels, tires, then they flick up water and they make everything wet. Yeah. Not in a good way. It's great because I love riding or like driving behind someone who doesn't have a fender on their bike and you see this perfect line. Like a of rooster tail moistness. of spray. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just, Not just moistness, it's mud. It's like mud and gross and it's yeah. right, right where it needs to be on their backside. Yeah. When yeah. are you going to get those fenders, Barrett? 
Uh, I think I might go down to the store right after this. Good but, idea. Yeah, I would. Do, I didn't I'll, know fenders I'll, on a bike were an option. Actually, this oh is a, yeah, oh, having an educational a necessity. Moment. It's yeah. a big deal out here. It's more. It's in fact, when you buy a new bike uh, in Portland, generally they just come with fenders. Yeah, yeah. don't not if it's a commuter. Yeah, yep. it's um, it's a lot. In other news, I also understand now why people wear those weird rain pants. <laughs> that's always that's always a pain for me with biking in the rain is is like you kind of need a costume for it. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You definitely need a costume. Especially yeah. if you're going You kind of need a, a costume for running too. You de- Oh yeah, I mean I mean you don't want to first of all, number 1, don't be a fair weather runner. Yeah. Number 2, don't just like run around in sweatpants in the rain. <laughs> Spe- speaking of, uh, yeah, and it's really easy to wear too many clothes when you run as well. And when then you get raining. about a mile in, you're like, oh God, I'm hot. Yeah, what am I doing? This I'm just like down. Yeah. Um, speaking of costumes, how was your guys' Halloween? Oh, it was great. Corbett, you threw the best, best Wasn't Halloween it? party. Yeah. It was pretty good, right? You used to call me on the hotline bling. That that was the song of the night. Uh, that was. Yeah. And yeah. we all did the dad dance. with the <laughs> thing, the, 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 I thought, that was, yeah. I thought I, this was one of those things we weren't going to talk about outside of uh, the evening of. No, Steph was going nuts on the dance floor. Yeah. She dances yeah. like no yeah. other. I mean, we, we did dial her in over Skype, we so did, it was yeah. a little weird. Yeah. But, um, I have well, actually, well, we dialed her on that. hologram machines, and yep. she kind of like <laughs> just was in the center of the room, mm-hmm. Darth Vader style. She tupac did it. You know what I mean? She tupac did it. Did she? Did he hologram it? I feel like the... Uh, the, that Drake dance is right up your alley, Barrett. Yeah. Uh, oh. years- no, 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 no. Barrett can actually dance. It's hard to dance uncool the way that Drake does there. Yeah, what I is feel it like it takes interpretive more dancing? I don't understand yeah. what he's going for. You guys know that it's going to be the new thing, right? Well, it already is. To me, the dream is that it's actually a sincere kind of dance. Hold on. What are we you talking just, about? We're you just gonna, imagine. We, you can't, just, we can't use the Fizzle Show to talk about all right, the Drake all right, dance. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> it's been, it's just been on my mind for so, the past three days. Listen, you guys, there's a YouTube video of the new Drake song, Drake. Uh, he, it's called Hotline Bling. Yeah. And, you, and he just dances like this great, like, dad, silly dance. Uh, but it, my, and my dream is really that it's super sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst thing in the world is that it's like this cynical sort of like, nothing really matters. No, it? I think he was just letting it go. Oh. Yeah. Mm. He was dancing like no one was watching. He was dancing like all of us were Gotta on Halloween. Honest, I still haven't watched. I'm going to have to watch now. All right. What? That's like the whole reason for the yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. The song is fine. The dance is what makes yeah. it. Yeah. It's this this great, sincere little like dad shuffle that he's doing the whole time. It's just like weird stuff with his body. A lot of ha- which hand is, motions. A lot of hand stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of down, down around the knees, like weird crouchy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's bowling right. sometimes. Gonna, or it's like, like kind of goofy. Remember when he like lies down on the girl's bottom and like and like pretends he's sleeping? It's like oh, he's goofy. Yeah, he's, he's goofy. Got a, he's got a comfy looking sweater on though. He, I mean, he was he a child, had a comfy looking pillow, and he, he was a down. child TV star. He's got to have some goof in there somewhere. I, I, I think so. I think so. By the way, I talked to a friend of ours, a mutual friend, uh, and she said three things. She said uh, we were talking about uh, about another website, and she was like, "I think you know, if I look at the core of Fizzle, I would, I see." I see three things that can't go away. One of them is this focus on the honesty. Okay. This honesty of, of like, th- it's not, it's zero BS. It's, it's like, this is what we really, how we really do it. This is the best we know how. This yeah. is, this is it, right? Yeah. It's not just the hype machine. Number two, over delivery. She came into Fizzle when she first did, and she was just blown away by the courses, by how much value she thinks that, that we just like, Absolutely, but backed up the truck and un- unleashed the kraken of business we just training. Value wow. all over. People. Like you hear all the metaphors. There? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I th- couldn't even follow. <laughs> yeah, so it showed the kraken's in a truck. So there was Help like an octopus coming out of a dump truck in my yard. <laughs> so honesty, then the over 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 delivery, right. and then uh, and then the goofiness. Mm-hmm. She said, "There's some something playful or goofy that if that went away, it wouldn't feel like fizzle." And. Uh, I don't know. That was like news to my ears. I, I think, you know, for anyone out there listening, if you could get someone to volunteer the three things that, that would describe to them what you do, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, it, it was that's incredible. What, they say that's what branding is. It's what other people say about you. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Say that again. What is it? So uh, marketing is what you tell someone that you are. Uh, so, no, what, what, wasn't there like a kissing thing? It was like a boy and a girl. Hmm? What? Yeah, there was like a, a marketing is like, is when a friend, I'm uh, remembering it. I now. don't know. I'm barely remembering it. You looked at me it. like I should know something, and I'm like, I, I But suffice nothing. it to say, your real brand is not what you think of when you think of branding. Your real brand is what they say you are. Yeah. What the people say you are. So we are... Uh, honest. Honest. Over delivery. Goofy. Goofy. Nice. Honestly, I'm super proud of that. Like, I, was, I found myself being like really, really pleased and proud with that. Did you get goosebumps? 
I I didn't get goosebumps. I weirdly. Are you telling me you're quitting? Are you telling me we're at the top of our game? I have this. Don't swelling. do this. You're gonna drop the mic. <laughs> no, no, not. I'm super proud mic. of that. We're done. I'm super proud. Yeah, done. Done. Quit while you're ahead, guys. Yep. Um, okay, so li- listen. I want to get into the conversation today. No. Now that we're like ten minutes into the show. Come on. Uh, I do. I love that I Ch- Chase is getting us on track. This is really a, a moment. Yeah. What are you doing? All right. I don't even know you anymore. All right. All right. That's my bear. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. Or when he just kind of goes. <sighs> oh, gosh. Gosh. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Whiz bangers, guys. What are we oh, doing here? Butter whistles. <laughs> so, Steph, what are we talking about today? Okay, so this is yet another question that was sort of inspired by a conversation happening in the forum. And it's a question that we hear all the time and a lot of people have probably thought about before. So um, I won't read the whole um forum post, but I will, I kind of just pulled out the question. So here's what we're talking about today. Uh, the model proposed in blogging seems to be that you show what you know, people sign up and then you sell them what you know. There's something missing in my mind here. I almost never pay for anything on the web when I have been attracted by free content. Why would my audience? So the question is when I'm giving away a lot of great value for free, why would anybody out there actually pay for my stuff? Because they might assume that it's kind of just repackaged versions of the free things that I've already provided. Yep. I love this question. This isn't just a little bit coming from the forum. This is the forum thread started by Steve Fossey. Steve, thanks for your, your question in the forums. Um, and and there's just a lot of great conversation. Ken uh, Ken shows up and 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 adds adds value. He's a big value add. I got to be honest, Ken. Inside the physical community, you are one hell of a value add. And he shares a a copy blogger epi- uh, 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 article that I'll, I want to link to in a little bit. Corbett chimes in and gives a lot of insight. And then the real the real juice <laughs> shows up. That's me. Then me. I come in and I start really, really giving some answers. It's a long. I'm, lo- I'm longer than everyone else. That's that's debatable. Hold on. Um, I'm just gonna. I know that you you like to live inside of the. Uh, I am the confines of the your own best at what I do. Yeah. So I, I just want to point out that um, my response has 11 likes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And but yours has are, four. Yeah. But that's so yes. that means this is like that means mine is of Steph's existence lately. No, it's, is it's the upvote thing. Mine is 175 <laughs> percent more valuable than yours. Listen, just you, your your percentage points are leading people astray here because okay, it's not then fine. It's quality, likes not quantity versus four likes. You Which have more Twitter followers than me, but my my stuff's better. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> let's just. I didn't say anything about followers. About Steph going. Oh how boy! Did we, how did we oh get boy. into this mommy hit daddy thing? <laughs> I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barrett and I don't who, like who, it, who you guys hit fight. daddy. <laughs> Come on, it's clear who mommy is. <laughs> Chase, mommy, Chase. I just think you should follow your heart. <laughs> my mom used to always tell me, "Follow your heart," and these cookies are good. What is? <laughs> What did we do today? It's one of those times. I don't know. No, I love it. This we is didn't good. even do anything. We didn't even have a Negroni. This is perfect. I'm into Ooh. it. Okay, so um, so the question again, Steph, say, speak it out as you as you had it written down there. I like the way you phrased that. Okay, so the model proposed in blogging seems to be that you show what you know, people sign up, and then you sell them what you know. There's something missing in my mind. I almost never pay for anything on the web when I have been attracted by free content. Why would my audience? Yeah, so it's this idea of hold on, I have never bought anything online. And yet this whole model, meaning meaning like buy like a course or a thing from a blogger that I follow. Yep. And yet this whole model is you put out content and then people eventually buy your thing. I don't understand. And I think I resonated with this a lot, I think, because because I, I've never bought like a course or a thing like that. That's never been how I rolled, right? Right. And information is a lot different from a physical product, yep. right? Because yes. you can never give away the physical product in yep. a, an article. Yep, absolutely. And I think of, okay, so like think of situations where you find out about a physical product. First of all, there's just like advertising. There's just like... Uh, BMW is advertising it to us everywhere, and someday when I'm, you know, douchebaggy and, and rich enough to to be able to afford one, Corbett did when he was in like high school. He bought a fucking BMW. Yeah, I bought a thirty year old BMW. <laughs> Those are cool, actually. <laughs> it Those was cool, the sweetest. But the things that are advertising to you all the time—that's content. Yeah. Or maybe more aptly, content is just advertising. Yeah. I remember when we came to this, when I came to this realization, you guys seem to have already known it, I think, uh, a while ago when we were talking about growth. 
we we have to grow the number of people inside of Fizzle. We have to keep our our business growing because people people taper off, and and so we have to constantly f- be filling the 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 top of the funnel. Content is our most successful form of of that kind of thing. We've been doing it for a really long time, and we're really good at it. Yeah, and. It wasn't until I saw content in the greater bucket of, you know, sort of new customer acquisition, marketing, basically advertising. It's this like, there are people out there who need to know about our stuff. How do we get them here? Well, one of them is advertising on Facebook. One of them is advertising on Google. One of them is content, making blog posts. One of them is YouTube. One of them is podcasting. One of them, it's like, oh, that's all in the same bucket of getting people to know about your thing. So what I love about this question is, is how it forced me to get back to the to remembering that that content is simply advertising it's just a part of your acquisition strategy for getting people who who I'm spe- uh, right now as I'm recording this I'm on a boat in um in Jamaica and uh and I'm just I'm I'm hologramming myself over here oh um, okay got it and the uh the just just continuing the charade <laughs> the masquerade um the uh I remember one of the things in the talk that I had written is like, hey, this whole thing, I'm talking about how to grow your podcast using parts of, from our roadmap, the growth stage. Um, and I talk about like this growing a podcast thing, it probably feels like it's something that's new. It's totally not. It's this ancient game called have more people know about my thing so that they can buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this old, old thing. And now there's a lot of different channels that you can use to do that. Content is just one of them. So this idea of teaching to get my thing, making content to get people to know about my thing so that they eventually buy the thing makes a lot of sense in that model, right? Yeah. It's basically inbound marketing is the term that like business people use to talk about this. It's the idea that creating content, teaching what you know or whatever, uh, creates an outlet where people can proactively find you on their own. You're not like hammering them with an ad in the middle of the Super Bowl and they really want to be watching football or Bruno Mars dancing or whatever. Uh, instead, you're putting a... Bruno Mars did the halftime show at the Super Bowl a time or two. And oh, was, was he that um, young? Uh, and, and by the way, I wouldn't be such a big GoDaddy fan if it weren't for those friggin' ads, right? Yeah. Am so I right? Yeah, you're a huge... And, and if you weren't such a big hunter. Yeah, yep. and like NASCAR <laughs> fan. But uh, anyways, continuing... Uh, when you write a blog post, it allows people to find you on their own. And when people choose to find you and and find you through your content and learn to trust you that way, that's inbound. They're coming to you. And so it's a way of building trust and not just hammering your message right. without permission. Right. So, in the, so let's say in the case of um, you're selling razors or something, people get to find you because of some like quirky video that you made. Right. That's cool. Right. But you're not giving the razors away, right? right. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's a physical product. In the case of information, we put out a bunch of content, then why are people going to pay for it afterwards? That's really the heart so, of the question, yeah. right? Yeah, it is the question, but like, there's an assumption built into the question that I want to go back to, which is basically your point about physical products and also the same point could be made about services where it assumes one type of business, this question does. And that one type of business is that you're selling your knowledge. The teaching and so, yeah, archetype. It's the teaching archetype. So it's eBooks or courses or whatever, yeah. some model where you're sharing information with people as product. There are also models where you can make a physical product, you can sell a service, and it's just as valuable to use content marketing or inbound marketing methods to sell those things, services or physical products, as it is to sell a teaching thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I just want to challenge that assumption up front mm. is like, you could build a different kind of business if that makes you uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that could be one answer here. That's true. Wait, what's an example of what you're talking about? So like, uh, well, I'll use the nonprofit I help run as an example. So mm. Camp Horizon, we serve- I'm children. sorry, I'm, I'm mostly concerned with profit. So I don't know if I can allow this. To, no, it's Same fine. thing though. It's fine. Nonprofits have to market just like anyone else. You have I'm a product kidding, to sell I'm kidding. and it's yeah, hope yeah. and an idea and like making people feel good about what they do with their money. And you're such a CEO. You like go like, hey, go feel your good feelings over there. Then come on back to work when you're ready. That's right. <laughs> um, so we can we can use content as a marketing channel. We can uh, position ourselves as like a thought leader mm-hmm. in the abused and, and neglected children space mm-hmm. in the foster care space. We could uh, like do studies. We could publish stats. We can write about best practices for serving kids who are in that population, like how you help a kid recover from being abused, neglected, mm-hmm. and live a productive life. That makes people trust us as an entity that we know what we're doing, that we're a leader in that space of helping those kids, and it creates a reason for them to want to give money to us. Mm -hmm. And so they're not buying the expertise from us. They're giving us money so that we can apply that expertise to something else. 
An alternative would be a freelancer who's a web designer. If you teach about web design, like Nathan Berry did, like you've done Chase, like Paul Jarvis does, it helps you book clients because they trust that you know what you're talking about. Mm. And in that case, you can teach someone to do it themselves and they could go take the information you're teaching and do it. And oftentimes what happens is they go try and apply that information and then they're like, I don't want any part of this. This sucks. This is boring. I don't want to learn it. I'd rather hire you. It's better use of my time to hire you. Yeah. And so that's an example of like selling services through content. Yep. Totally. Now, um, Corbett, what was some of the things that, that do you have your response to, to Steve up here? Right up here. Well, in your head, what'd you, what'd you yeah. get into? I remember liking it. I mean, it wasn't as good as mine, but it was pretty good. It got more likes than yours, though, so. Uh, It's just that it was earlier than mine, and you know how it is. Which one was bigger, though? (laughs) I've got to tell you, if you're talking about the size of it, Mm. Corbett's going to win every time except for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. You used to call me on my hotline bling. No, when I call you on your hotline. When you, I used to call you on your cell phone. You used to call me on my cell phone. Yeah, now it's just on your hotline. What's a hotline bling, then? I think that's the real know, question you're like trying a, to maybe ask. Maybe it's like a Nextel chirp thing? where it's like, when it chirps, you know what's up. Yep. Oh, chirp, chirp. Yep. Yep. Make the whistle go, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it, Carmen. All right, a couple of things. Um, so Steve mentions, he says, I never purchase anything online, right? So there's a disconnect there. Um, and I would challenge him on that. I'm guessing that he has bought something before. He's a member of Fizzle. He's well, a member he of Fizzle. Fizzle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So he talks and, about that in this in this thread too a little. But okay. He says yeah. I don't ever buy something after I've read everything that the person mm-hmm. has to say. So he's he, like, he's saying he doesn't learn from someone publicly, like on a blog for free, and then buy their thing. And again, I don't want to single Steve out here because I think a lot of us feel this. I've totally. never bought an yep. information product online ever in my Come life. Come on, before. I, I know never, you have. I never did. Don't lie. Not I swear to God. Except uh, I don't even think don't I have lie. for research. Don't lie. Chase, I know. Uses I know. Torrents. Right. I, yeah. He, I, I, I mean, I, I, no, no, no. I, I don't. I, I, I read no, about listen, something I, like that. I, I know I, that you have I, bought I, an ebook <laughs> at some point. I bought ebooks. I have bought ebooks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there I guess go. that, 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 uh, that makes sense. I'm trying to think of an ebook that I actually bought. By the way, it's hard to find like good ebooks unless they're Kindle. Like I use EPUBs instead of, there's like no place to buy real, like to actually buy ebooks of a great book in an EPUB format. It's all, dot mobi mobi format and then i have to convert it who even likes mobi anyway i mean i kind of liked him back in the day he's because... kind of a dick though you know what i mean <laughs> well he's a dick he? <laughs> what, what do you mean he's a dick <laughs> mobi dick <laughs> <laughs> you just killed it man wow. you killed it in joke. the good way Nailed normally it. you kill it in the bad way <laughs> Like you'd make it dead. Like it's sitting there like there's a dead fish on the floor. But Steph, that one you killed. Steph, can we get a ruling? Was that was that a, a good joke or a bad joke? That was and that was a much... very high high quality dad joke. Yes. Yep, yep. No, that was yes. th- like it was smart. It was literary. Because yeah. you went with the Moby format. I yeah. went with Moby the singer. Yep. And then Barrett goes with Moby the dick. All right, we're gonna call her in. <laughs> Jessica's calling from her day job at Bikini Coffee. Jessica, how you doing? I'm doing good. It's okay. Welcome to the morning zoo. How can we help you? Well, my boyfriend, he really is into doing some kinky stuff. Oh yeah, like what? Well, he has a content marketing business. And he's trying to grow his list. Oh dang, that's gross. Yeah, I know. I like, I like that when we go a little morning zoo. Chase just takes it home. He's like, oh, 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 my chance. Because I'm just like, oh my god. What what must real entrepreneurs think when they get to this point? They're like, yeah. and gone. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what happens. I think in le- next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is what happens when our uh, caffeination levels all get in the yeah. same. We're, we're like, wavelength. yeah, we're like, we're like, a, we're like a crew of women that spend seven days together. It's like our cycles are just like spinning downward on one another. <laughs> oh boy. And here we oh boy. are. Just go well, just all I've, the way. I've had like five pieces of Halloween candy over here, so that's contributing. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, what are the kids going to eat? I don't know. I'm eating <laughs> I don't know. I'm still kind of like rolling from She's the Moby give Dick apples. thing. Because I was thinking, I was uh, thinking, I was trying to think of a, of another way to spin it after that. But I, I went, I would, you, I had to come back to realizing that's where you're going. That was brilliant. It was yeah. just brilliant. Okay, so okay. the you guys, last valid point we made was that Chase has bought 
an info product before. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. okay. I, that was me saying, listen, we're not st- singling Steve out here because I think a lot of people feel this right. way. Like, I've been on a lot of blogs and I've never bought the full training thing. Yeah. Well, right? and not to, not to split hairs, but just to quote Steve exactly, <laughs> he does say, I almost never pay anything for anything on the yeah. web. So right. Yeah. Okay. So almost here, is kind of important. Exactly. So here's yeah. here's the thing. We we have several hundred thousand people who read our stuff or listen to the podcast every month. We don't have several hundred thousand customers. Yeah. So a very small percentage. It's kind of like commenting, right? You mm-hmm. might get twenty comments on your blog, even though five hundred people read it. There is a small, small portion of people that will actually buy, and that's totally fine. You can still make a really great living, yeah. even though one percent of your blog readers end up buying something. Mm. So in Steve's case, he says, I almost never. Well, if Steve buys stuff two, three, four percent of the time, if he buys something from one out of 20 bloggers that he really pays attention to, Mm. then, you know, we could have an audience of all Steve's and still have a business on our hands. You're saying you're saying you want some more Steve's. I would love some more Steve's. Yeah, Steve's a good good kind of person to have in your audience. Steve's a good dude. So that brought up this idea uh-huh. um, from Kevin Kelly, this amazing yeah. article. This is like one of the pillar articles of the web as mm. far as creators are yeah. concerned. Yeah, He's talking about a thousand true fans. You don't need a million people who vaguely know you. What you need is a thousand people who care enough about what you have to say to actually buy something from you. And that should be all of our goals is to impact people deeply enough that they become a true fan, a true follower, and eventually they might buy something from us or they might just help spread our message. Right. Yeah, and it's that idea of, um, uh, I don't know, of you can't, if you try to please everybody, you're just going to be disappointed. Not only will it not work, like, and, and you will probably we won't even please anybody, Yeah, but you're not going, you will never like satisfy that thing in you that you'll always feel like that failure. Whereas if you go, all right, maybe I just find this kind of person yeah find and if i in a thousand and the number a thousand there's something magic about that because it is when you try to sell things if you put out a gum road if you put a book book out on gum road or a photoshop template design or some sort of like a pdf or a checklist checklist for something something right up on gum road and you sell it for five dollars and you try to sell a thousand of them yep it's a it's a pretty big number. You're but gonna find out that it's like whoa. Idea. That you have to have to you have to get to 500 before you can get to a thousand. Sure, you have to get to 250, let right. alone 750. There's a lot in between one and a thousand, so it's a lot. But it's way. I mean, we have uh, we have. I looked this month. We have like 160 thousand unique people that have come to mm-hmm. to our site yep. this month. That's a that's massive, right? And yet, trying to sell a thousand things to them. To, 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 or trying to think on that scale of 150,000 people, it's just, it, it's unhuman in some ways, right? Like you've never, like it's just, it's like so outside the realm well, of and, our biology. Yeah, and, mo- and most people aren't going to produce meaningful work if they're only thinking about the massive abstract yeah, numbers. Right. You have to be thinking about one person's problem yeah. in order to do anything meaningful. Yeah. Right. And the thing about true fans too, though, is, is they have to have experienced the work for real. They, like it's not, purchasers it's people that downloaded your brushes for photoshop and used them yeah enough yeah. to become a true fan yeah and then they, they're your advocate and yeah. so you know there is some nuance there where it's like but the point being if you have a thousand people who love your work to the point where every time you put something new out they're going to buy it yeah. you're good you're going to be good you just have to keep making the stuff and you've made it. Yeah. Uh, especially in the kind of business that our customers are running where a lot of them, it's them or them and their spouse or whatever, you know, a small team, a thousand people who like what you do is powerful. I mean, that's basically what Nathan mm. Barry did. He didn't have this huge audience. He had a small, really passionate yeah. audience who bought everything he did. Yeah. And that's why numbers are meaningless, right? Yep. It, it really matters how yep. deep your relationships are. And, with those and that's why, that's why turning like you earlier, you were like, uh, I have 11 likes and you only have four and you immediately turned it into a percentage. Okay. That actually is a really good trick because you can say, Oh, I had a hundred people on my post this week and I had, uh, 150 people on my post last week. Oh, bummer. Right, but if you turn that into a percentage, and then you start comparing your percentages month week to week to week to week to week, it's way it, it's a different game because now you're not talking about a hundred people; you're talking about your percentage. In some ways, it changes the way that you 
navigate that thing because a hundred people is still not enough. I was just trying to make eleven sound much bigger than four. I know. Mm-hmm. So I, know. I used one hundred seventy. But it's also it's also really a, a, a if we were comparing uh you know uh, likes a lot, which we do, we fight about it every week. We have yeah. a stand up meeting weekly about who has more likes inside of Fizzle, mm. and it seems like Ken's always winning. Who's winning right now? Who's 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 winning in the in the forums Ken right is, now? Ken is winning, but I'll say you guys are not a popular contributor, and I am a popular contributor. So oh my that's true. goodness, that's true. Steph is there every week, and Darlene. Ken and Darlene and Steve Fossey, whose questions we're asking, answering, and Bree. Gosh, I love all of these people. This yep. is great. Yep. Okay. So, okay. So, first point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Come back to it. Only a small percentage of people. I'm doing the Bernie Sanders yeah. right now. Yeah. Only a small <laughs> percentage of people. Why are the corporations <laughs> ruling so much of what we do in America? <laughs> I just found my hands like waving. I, w- like I wish that. you could just mess your hands and your uh, hair up a bunch more. Oh, I wish Bernie Stephen Sanders. Colbert is always like, Bernie, they have brushes. Like, <laughs> how many people? How many people are going to, or how many people do you think went as Bernie for Halloween? Oh, that'd be great. I didn't see any, but I bet there were a lot out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't see any at our party. No. Anyway, uh, only a small percentage of people are going to buy from you, and that's totally fine. You can do it in still- Bernie Sanders' voice, please. You can still make a ton of money, <laughs> even though only a small percentage of people are going to buy from you. And that's okay. Well, Bernie, I, I don't really know about that, but I will commit to making America the country that it needs to be. You know, I'm not a good at Hillary kind of so, thing. So, uh, next point. Mm. All right. Yep. So, so, Steve mentions in here that uh, he's wondering, if I already gave it away for free... Why would someone buy? So ignore how many people are going That's to buy. That's another assumption, Let's right? just think about the one person. Why is someone going to buy if I've already given away all of my stuff for free? And my answer to that is, he says something along the lines of like, you've given away what you know, mm. and then you sell what you know, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, the truth is you don't sell what you know. What you sell is an outcome for people. Mm. And an individual blog post- Oh, this post, is good. Yeah, that's good. An individual blog post is- hard pressed to achieve an outcome for someone you should still aim for it you should have a small outcome for people in mind when you write a blog post but then when it comes time to put your product together the thing that you're going to sell to people you want to have a bigger outcome in mind something that you're going to help them achieve and because of the way you package this thing because of the way you string together what you know and because of the support and experience that you provide Mm -hmm. then you're better able to help those people accomplish the outcome yeah. than an individual blog post or even a series of blog posts that someone might read yeah. could accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that that's a okay, yeah, keep going, Steph. No, I was just gonna say I love that point because it helps answer another question that was raised within this thread that I thought was a great question. And it's one that I think a lot of people wrestle with. The essence of the question was do if you If it's think- a good question, I probably raised it, right? You know, maybe it was you, but I think it was actually someone named Joel. Oh. In the forum thread. I thought it would be mine because nice. you said that it was good. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's normally me. Okay, keep going. It is normally you. But Joel wants to know, Do you, he actually asked Corbett, <laughs> just in case you, that's a... Oh, oh my God. Note. This is um, just he, killing me. Wait, I, sorry. I, I missed that. I, I missed that. Who did he ask? <laughs> <You son of laughs> <a bitch. laughs> I can't make this up. He said, do you think there's some material that you should not give out for free and make exclusive to your buyers, so almost withhold some information, or should you give away everything you can for free and then you end up just selling the convenience and packaging? But I don't think that's what you're saying, Corbett. What you're saying is, even if you give as much value as you can in your free content, it's just not possible to provide, or at least it would be very, very difficult to provide as much value in a blog post or even a podcast as someone's going to get with a full-blown product of some kind. That's true. And you even see that when the exact same text is published in a blog post and then repackaged as an ebook. Literally, people will pay for the exact same text mm. for the convenience of the ebook format. Yeah. And a, a, like a specific example of that is um, you guys might know Darren Rouse, who runs Pro Blogger. Mm-hmm. He also runs Digital Photography School, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting case study in itself because <clears throat> DPS is like 20 times bigger than ProBlogger. Yep. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Darren ran this really popular blog series called 31 Days to Build a Better Blog. Mm. And it was just a, a daily uh, article with an action that people should take in order to improve their blog. He then took that exact content, like mm. to the letter, 
and put it into an ebook and sold that ebook. And it is one of the biggest moneymakers for him on ProBlogger specifically, perennially, even though he tells people like, you know, there's this blog series over here. And the thing is like, Steve's question is the question an economist would ask, ask when considering theory. It's like, why, if you could have a thing for free, would you pay for it? But humans are not rational. We're not rational thinkers. We're not rational decision makers. And that's been proven over and over and over. And, the and thing also, of, most of the people coming to the site, they don't have all that information. Exactly. That's yeah. true. So, you know, if you gave them access to, you know, every post on email marketing, for example, on the Fizzle blog, if you read every post on email marketing at Fizzle, you could probably learn a lot of what's in our email marketing course inside of Fizzle, mm -hmm. right? But you got to go find all the posts. You got to figure out what which order they go yeah. in. You got to figure out, you know, what decisions you need to make off of that. And yada, yada. There's all these things that have to happen. Yeah. Even if we had like a bunch of filters and easy ways for you to get to that content and know where it all is, there's still value in the fact that we put it in order, we give you recommendations, and it's inside of both packaging and a different format in video yeah. and alongside a community inside Fizzle where it's like, of course it's worth paying for. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that extreme. You know, that's one end of the spectrum, whereas Darren Rouse's thing that you just mentioned, Corbett, is the other that's just like copy, paste, format it and done. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of uh, something I've been, I've been thinking about for a while and, I, and I'm always trying to figure out, um, I think there's, I think each one of these mediums wants to be a certain way. I think a, a book wants to be, wants to be something. A, a blog post wants to be a different thing. A YouTube video wants to be different than a feature film. A, the, like what a, a blog post wants to give you one insight one action. Yeah. Right? That's what a blog that's what all of our blog posts are going to do. They're going to give you one insight or one action. Yeah. But in order to grow your email list to 10,000 and beyond, the name of our email course, grow your email list to 10,000 and beyond, uh it you there are many actions in a particular sequence and a ton of insights that mm -hmm. you have to glean. Right? So it's it's a very different thing. And if you want to go cuz this is what I'm thinking that I've realized a, a great a great uh, exercise to go through about your product or about your blog or about whatever your topic is is think through yourself what is the status quo right now? How are people getting this information right now? So when I think about that with people trying to become entrepreneurs trying to build something that actually sustains them month to month what are they doing right now? They're going onesie twosie through blog posts and podcasts. They might be buying something else out there like a B school or something like that. They're probably subscribed to a few email lists, mm -hmm. but they're just getting things onesie twosie and, and like kind of like doing the best they can. That's what I did for years. Yeah. Right. That's what most of us do for years. Cause we never systematize the learning. We never actually turn pro. And so the whole dream behind fizzle is like, listen, it doesn't have to cost you $2,000 to turn pro. You can sign up right now for free. You can pay $35 a month because that's what it means to put your skin in the game. It doesn't have to be $2,000 and get everything that's in just about any $2,000 course out there, right? What if we can get more people using these courses to build that stuff instead of going onesie twosie and taking forever and like, oh, they give this thing and that totally derails what you were currently thinking about that wasn't finished being thought through yet, right? So it's that kind of stuff where like a blog post is a different thing. Yeah. And 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 so there's a there's an inherent lack of total information or what what marketers call the info gap, the information yeah. gap in a blog post, in a podcast, in anything that isn't put together cover to cover. Totally. Right? Yeah, and it, I mean sometimes literally it's just that I don't want to have to go dig through a blog and click a bunch of links to read the entirety of this concept. Yeah. I just want to thumb through a Kindle book while I'm laying in bed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other times I think people want to pay for the commitment that they feel they're making to yeah. that thing. Even if it's true. 10 bucks or 20 bucks, it's like, okay, I paid for this thing. Now I should at least, you know, try to yeah. read it as opposed to a blog where you forget about it and move on. Or you could just be like me and just buy things and just the act of buying it makes it feel like you've already read it. Yep. <laughs> I just watch my bookshelf grow and I love the books that are on there. I've never opened them. <laughs> <laughs> but every once in a while, I kind of go in and uh, sort of th thumb through it, as you say. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. I was reading some poetry this morning from Christian Wyman. So I listen every time. Every once in a while, I open it up. I pop it open. I was poetry is an investment. Poetry. It it's interesting to read poetry because you are searching for something that isn't inherently apparent, mm. right? Yeah. And you're trusting the author that it's there. Uh, 
and it do, it takes digging. Yeah, it really does. It's I didn't like, mean to hook onto that one. It's like art. Yeah, no. Let's talk about let's talk about poetry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, keep going. Where do we go? Okay. Where do we go next with this? You think? All right. Well, an- another reason people buy. So we've talked about um, they want the convenience, they want the packaging, they're buying the outcome, the broader outcome, not mm-hmm. the individual outcome. Um, another reason people buy sometimes is just because they want to support your work. Yeah. You may have delivered yeah. the value already, yeah. and in a way, they're just paying you back for that value. Yeah. And that's that's a great thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's people literally saying, "Oh my god, thank you so much for making this free." Um here I'm going to buy the buy the package version even though I've already consumed the rest totally. of it. Totally. And and like, you know, Seth Godin's a good example of this too. He's released all kinds of his books on ebook format long before they ever came out as published books and they were popular. They spread widely. And then he makes what he calls a souvenir version. And sometimes he truly does a souvenir version where it's expensive, it's different, it's yeah. like there's a you know, small print of them and people pay hundreds of dollars for a book they've already read for free. Right. Just because, because they like them, because they think it's cool or whatever. You know, it's not, it's not a rational decision. That's the thing about it. It doesn't have to be a rational decision. Totally. Yeah. So, um, go ahead, Steph. No, I was just going to say, I think that, um, it's kind of counterintuitive as well. And there's actually something I wrote down again from the forum from Cody. I thought this was a great point. He said, I only buy after I've consumed a lot of free content from the seller and end up liking them personally enough that I want to give them $10 at the very least to help them keep producing the awesome free content. So Hmm. that was just a great summary of what you guys just said is that in a lot of cases, he actually even goes on to say that he doesn't even ever buy from impersonal sellers because he doesn't feel like he has that trust there. He doesn't feel like he knows what he's getting in making a purchase. So I think that's pretty typical of people as you really have to feel like you almost like the person you're buying from is someone who's a friend or you you have a better sense of what it is that you're getting yourself into when you do finally put your money down on the table. So um, we didn't really answer Joel's question. And Joel, I apologize for missing your question earlier in the forums. Uh, He did mention my name, but he didn't use the little at at symbol. So I didn't. I wasn't notified of it. Um, Come but, on, Joel, get your head in the ball game, but man. Again, again, Joel was asking, uh, do you think there is some material that you should not give out for free and make exclusive to your buyers, or should you give everything you can for free and then just as you said, sell the convenience and packaging? So here's the thing on this one: like, if we had all of our courses inside of Fizzle available publicly in the format they are in the organization that they're available to our members, that would be weird. I don't think people would pay us in the same way. Like, I don't think we could just carbon copy what's behind the paywall to a public course library and still have people paying us monthly. I think it would be a lot harder for us. Yeah. So there is some element of this question that's valid in that, yeah, don't give everything away in the format that you're going to sell it in because then there's literally no difference. Yeah. And it would be dumb. What's interesting though, I think on the flip side, I agree, but on the flip side of that, I'm just thinking thinking about Joel's question in terms of fizzle and when we talk about our content and who's going to write a blog post, what we're going to do for the podcast. It's not like we sit around and say to each other, okay, we're going to we're gonna withhold this little bit of information because we got to save that yeah. for our paid stuff. No, so we right. don't actually do that, which is really interesting. We try to give bring as much value as we can to these episodes and to those blog posts. So I guess a really direct answer to Joel's question, which was, do you kind of withhold some of it? I think at least for us, I don't feel like we do. At least we don't try to. And a lot of that delineation for us is in format too. We've just created a nice divide between the two. Right. And even when we do video publicly, it's usually less polished, less rehearsed. It's kind yeah. of off the cuff. Yeah. And so there, there is a different level of professionalism, if you will, that goes into the things we release to our customers. And I think, I think what you, what we have to come to terms with is the fact that we're asking the two different pieces of content to do two different things. That's right. Right. You're, you are asking your blog you are asking your blog material to bring you people, yeah, much more than you're asking for it to, um, and no, not not much more. It has to be. It has to do both. Okay, your course material, whatever you're selling. Let's say you're selling a course of some kind, right? Your course material doesn't have to. The material itself doesn't have to be shareable. Doesn't have to do. Doesn't have That's to right. get people it coming to, to it. Deliver the headline of it. The su- the, yeah. the, the the subject. The, it gets to focus just on the outcome. Yes, but. Yeah. The but your blog post is not just about the outcome. It is also it is also crucially about what are the topics that are get more people here. Yeah. So in for Fizzle, for example, there's a lot of topics we write about that are interesting to entrepreneurs at large, outside of any particular thing that could sell one of our courses. 
right? Outside of any particular thing that could sell the idea of community with other right. entrepreneurs, things that are central to what Fizzle is. Yep. But we have to ask these blog posts, not just to please our current uh, audience, but to grow to other audiences, right, to, get, that, to get things bigger. The critical thing that you said there, though, was that a blog post has to do both. Yeah. It has to help people discover you, and it has, has to demonstrate enough value that eventually they might want to buy something yeah. from you. Yep. If your blog post only helps people discover you because you posted like nude celebrity photos or something, mm -hmm. then they're not getting any value from you that's going to translate to I mean, I got some value out of it. Well, a little bit. But you're not going to ascribe that value to the to the author necessarily. No, I'm going to ascribe it to Drake. I mean, he's, or whoever. he's a specimen. No, I yeah. was just looking at nudes of Drake recently. Just on. I hadn't seen those. I actually haven't. I just thought it would be neat. To tie back to the hotline bling. I mean, Steph, I would call us. him on his hotline bling. <laughs> Steph, Steph, save us. Yeah, I'm just doing the bad know, dance now. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can save it. <laughs> I don't know if I have the firepower. <laughs> but I think that's a really big point. That's a big 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 point that your blog, your your podcast, everything and it's something that honestly we haven't focused enough on. That not only we're we're always focused on uh, as our friend said, one of the one of the core things she says uh, that fizzle is about is that over delivery. We always try to right. make so everything really really great. Um but we can do a better job of focusing on those topics that like get swarms that are interesting to more yeah. more people yeah. or totally because to me i'm always thinking about and and, and i don't know it's a, it's a double-edged sword because what i'm when i think about what should i write about i go like what is someone that i care about struggling with and normally that comes from some some uh q a thread in inside of fizzle where this uh topic came from yeah. realizing that this is a real question it's like oh he's you know steve's dealing with it i bet he's not the only one who's dealing with it i know that for a fact because i've dealt with this yeah wondering where do you where do you draw the line between what's free and what's given away and and, and in the history of blogging there's so much you know advice about this you give away 90 percent of it and then you keep you give away your best stuff and then you sell for you know like people have always had like things that they say about this the truth is it's a total like artistic decision that you yeah. make it's a it's a total your personality and the decision. only way to find out the only way to find the answer is to try it, is to write some stuff, to make a product, and see if someone buys it. And in the worst case, what you've done is you're more of an expert on whatever topic you chose to begin with, you did some work worth doing, you yeah. built a thing that you can be proud of, and you find out it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So screw it, move on, make the next thing. Yeah. It's What's, not gonna be the end of the world. It's fun to me that this, this question made me kind of like zoom way out, because I was sort of like already in a zoomed out <sighs> space when I, when I started reading through it, and I was just like, okay, listen, your business is simple when you're doing a content business like this. Your business is in insanely simple. You have a problem that people struggle with, all right? You have a problem that helps them solve, or yeah, sorry, you have a product or something that helps them solve that problem, okay, that you can charge money for. And then you make things that get people who have that problem to your place where they can learn that you have this thing for sale. Yep. That's if you're doing a content marketing kind of business, mm -hmm. right? Hey, you're struggling with how to raise your autistic child, right? You are struggling with that. That's a problem. It's a problem that, that I have, for example, and I can write my story and the things that I've learned, the checklist, the, the shopping list, the practical to-do list, the, the, the handful of books that need to be read. I could sell that for $4 using Gumroad. And then I can kind of like, I can take those chapters onesie twosie and place them on the blog, or I can just keep writing things, or I can find helpful videos and post to those from my Facebook totally. and things like that. And now people are coming to the site to watch the video to read the thing. They're learning about this simple checklist, meal plan, whatever it is for parents who are raising autistic children. They have a real problem. You have a real solution that's 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 small. It's a bite-sized solution to yep. start with. And then you can actually see if you can right. make some sales. And then things start sort of building, hopefully. Yep. Do you know what I mean? The other thing you can do, uh, if you're really worried about this, if you were like adamantly against selling the same thing that you talk about on your blog, um, and you didn't want to just skip content marketing altogether, stories are a great way to do some of the same stuff. So if you tell stories about people who accomplish the thing that you're teaching, mm. that can often resonate with people as well. It is a little harder for that to be discoverable by people who don't already know about yep. you. So that can be a challenge, but stories are a great tool to add to this whole mix as far as... Yeah, and, and the fact is like your market will somewhat define how much you have to give away yep. because it's likely that your competitors are giving away a lot mm, right. and that's why people know like and trust them yep. and so for you to play in that space you have to give a lot as well and then figure out creative ways to help your customers accomplish an outcome with the product that you're going to sell right yeah
Um, so Corbett, I'm, I'm trying to, I want to restate something that you said earlier, because I thought it was really, really powerful. This idea that people don't buy what you know, they buy a result for themselves, right? You, and I think that is, that is a, a really big paradigm shift. And Steve, hopefully as you're thinking through this, even just knowing that, even just that little sense, right? That like, okay, so they're actually not buying what I know. They're buying the result that they want to get. And so whatever I put into that product has to get them to that result. And the result has to, has to add up exactly with the problem that I'm marketing to, right? Yeah. It just makes so much sense. It's just math all the way down. And then you get to be yourself. As Once you feel confident in like problem, make a thing that helps the person solve that problem. It's a small enough problem that you can make something that can solve it. And then you're selling the solution to the problem, yeah, right? Totally. It, it's, it's awesome. It, it, it's, it's not difficult. It's something you do every day as you interact with your spouse, with your friends, with your dog, with, with the barista. It's something that we all do as we just like naturally work with one another. It's this thing that we're really natural at with, with kind of like convincing someone that well, I'm worthwhile. <laughs> like I'm a cool person, right? Or whatever. It takes, yep. and it takes time. It takes time. Totally. So, um, Anything else you guys want to add on this? Before I want to get into like one cool thing. One of my favorite podcast script notes they do at the end of every show. It's like one cool thing. And everybody on the show shares like one cool thing from this week or whatever that they that they've discovered. Oh, you don't have to do this thanks. all the time. But I like just springing it on us at the yeah, last yeah. minute. Yeah, that's cool. the thing. Fine. No, it's fine. No, Let's awesome. do it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. no. No, I'm gonna get more likes on mine this time, Corbett. Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll have people vote. <laughs> Can we put up a page? <laughs> anybody uh, Steph, you have anything to add first on Steve's question? No, I don't think so. I think the only thing that I'll just reiterate that I feel like we already talked about, but it's important. I really do like this question of, because I feel like I've asked myself this question and I never really know. I haven't known before what I think about this idea of, do I intentionally withhold some value? And in a sense, like that makes sense, you know, save some of it for your paid products. But the more I think about it, the more I think that people can sense that. I'm even, Chase, I like your example of interacting with people in real life. Like I'm just thinking about when I meet people, it's not like I hold back some of myself, at least not intentionally and like save it for our friendship or something. Like when you meet someone and you want to make a good impression, you just be the best version of yourself that you can be. And I think that that's what we certainly try to do at fizzle. And I think a lot of our peers and people that we admire are, are out there doing the same thing. So I think if you're going to err on one side or the other, I would say that over delivery is, is really where I'm starting to fall in terms of what I think about this topic. Yeah. yeah. I like that. If anything, just over deliver and then, um, hope that people pay you back for your generosity. Yeah. That was like yeah. very Marines of you, Steph. Be all that you can be. That's right. Give it give it your all, everybody. Anyways, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I think that <laughs> you know, at if, the end of the day... I feel like if Barrett makes a really good dad joke, then the the other ones are just going to be totally flat because he, <laughs> he just, he well, yeah. left it all in the field with the Moby Dick joke. Well, we all do that. Well, you know, and, it's like, well, you it's know like we can't say, always give and give You know and what and they say give. about uh, home runs is... You got to take a few cuts to, to hit home runs. So, but I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> anyways, um, case in point, so the thing is, <laughs> you son of a gun. Uh, what I was going to say is if you err on the side of doing what's right for your readers, for your customers, for the people you want to be your customers, I think you're going to be fine. You're going to come out on top if you do that every yeah. time. And I think it's a yep. good, just a good guiding light overall. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase, what's this one cool thing you got for us? Oh, I don't I really I thought about mine yet either. But um, but I, like, like, let's all just think about it. What's one cool thing that you have from this week or that right now you're thinking? It's like, oh, this is really cool. As I, as I think about this, I'm like, oh, you know what the one cool thing is for me? It's the microphone review that I did on Fizzle on Tuesday, that, that, that published on Tuesday. Oh, my God. It's... Uh... I still think about it today. <laughs> you still think about it to yeah. this day? Yeah. A whole like four days later? In fact, I thought about it so much that uh, on this episode, I'm using one of the mics You're that using you reviewed. one of the new mics, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you, but don't tell, don't tell which one. Don't tell which one because the whole See thing See if people is, can, can tell or not. Uh, yeah, so the, the, on, on Tuesday, I published a huge post that I did. I bought all of these. If you're a podcaster, you'll like this. I bought all these mics that a lot of people say they're like the best mics or you should use or this, that, and the other. And I did, I did a big, big old test on it with my voice, Barrett's voice, and Barrett's fiance voice to see which one of them sounds great. You can listen to all the samples and there's a video that kind of walks you through everything. And, and then uh, I actually tell you which ones are the, <laughs> which ones I like the most, Nice. Um, which is a lot of mic reviews. They, 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 they tend to do that more and more now, but back in the day, it was always They'd just be like, like, you decide yourself. You have to hear for yourself. Uh, yeah. And you do, you really do. Because th- what I've learned in this is that different voices, different mics really do work better on different voices. Mm-hmm. There is that thing. So you, it is, I was so happy to, to do this because I wanted to hear my voice on and all it, these mics. to have three different voices that was good yeah. as well yeah definitely so that's mine you can go to fizzle.co slash sparkline and find that right now I'll put that in the show notes as well 
What do you think, Corbett? That's good. No, it's good. Your your one thing was good. I'm, I, I can't compare to that. Don't compare. Just like just like give me a give me a <laughs> glimpse of your life before you. I don't know why I don't have it. I don't have anything. What's a song? What's a song? What's an? We app? already talked about the hotline bling. Yeah, I, hotline that's bling. All I got. That's what about an app or a, or a news story or something? You put in the Atlantic stress story in the in uh, the comments. All right, fine. <laughs> I'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to make you do anything. I just didn't give that story any time, so I don't know if I need to. Oh, it's good. It's not just a story. Uh, there is a quick little video from a TED Ed, and um, it's basically about how stress affects your body and why specifically you hear stress is bad. This goes into how it affects the different systems in your body and what it does to it and how it kind of can spiral into just general unhealthiness and yep, and and uh, a shorter life actually if mm-hmm. you're if you're constantly stressed. So toxic. we'll put that in the uh, show notes. Okay. Where do we go for show notes on this one? Uh, you're going to go to fizzle dot fizzleshow dot co slash one thirty five. It's a really simple thing once you get used to it because this is episode one hundred and thirty five, <laughs> right? So that's where the one thirty five comes from. But it's fizzleshow dot co slash one thirty five, and you don't spell it out. You just it's just the numbers one three five. So you could say fizzleshow.co slash 13.5 or 1.3.5, whatever should, makes more sense. You should you. go make the long link, the the spelled out version <laughs> of the numbers, just to see if anybody ever types it in. Oh, man. I've one third. How do you spell third? I, there's, a, there's still, there are still inside jokes, like like things that I have made. Easter eggs that, that nobody's found? Nobody's found. I didn't make, I'm trying to think if anybody found... There's there's a there's one thing I made. I I'm just I'm just pleased because the further we get from it, the least likely it is that anybody's going to find it. And then one day, one day, it's true, it's going to happen. You and that person are going to have just a a, I'm going to favorite the hell out of that. Yeah, it's going to be a real steak media Twitter (laughs) Twitter uh, steak media dot biz. (laughs) What do you think, Barrett? What's your one What's your one thing? Uh, I'll go with the Elon Musk biography. I really enjoyed it. It was good book. Yeah. Really, I'm still really I'm still going through the wait but why uh three part series on him. Did you read that? Yes, that was holy good. crap! I read the first one. I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Yeah, really okay. good. Uh, it's the one by oh man, hold on, I gotta look it up because I don't want to get I don't want you to read the wrong one. This one was sanctioned. Uh, and then Steph, what do you know? What yours is? Yeah, I got a cool thing. So Let's this hear is it. this is. This is pretty random, but I discovered this service this week that I'm really excited about. It's called Prep Dish. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Is that is kind that, is that what, like I have a I have a little bit of a back spasm. No, nope. nope, nope. I don't. Okay, got <laughs> it. Like, where is this going? So it's kind of along the lines of like this whole movement of like you know meal delivery and things like that, which I like those too. And Chase, I know you've used those too with your family, mm-hmm. but I really like Prep Dish because it's this site that del- it delivers weekly meal plans that are gluten-free or paleo, and it gives you grocery lists as well as like prep uh, you have a prep day and it tells mm-hmm. you everything that you have to do in order to prep meals for the whole next week. Mm. So you do everything all at once and you don't have to think about anything. I'm kind of one of these like meal planner types and I get really tired of having to do that. So you literally just do all your shopping at once, all your prepping at once. And then when it comes time to make dinner, you have stuff pretty much ready to go into the oven, which is How, crazy. And you you mean you do prep like for the whole week? At once? Yeah, you spend, you spend mostly, you spend two to three hours like on a Sunday, for example, it tells you exactly what to do. You chop all the veggies. In some cases, you bake some things ahead of time huh. to be reheated in the oven later. So nice. the idea is that it's super quick when it comes time to actually dish something up. So that's prep dish, and I'm Whoa. loving that. You're loving it. I'm loving it. Ba 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 ba. The uh, <laughs> Elon Musk biography exactly. is by Ashley Vance. Vance, got it. I'll put that in the show notes as well as prep week. I like that idea. Um, okay, so uh, so that's that's episode 135. You guys all you guys feel all good about it? Great I thought it was great. So good. I, lo- I so loved good. it. We'll I loved how, it. We'll see how many likes we get on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Good now for something. <laughs> Steph, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Allen Brooks. I've been Steph Crowder. I'll see you there, or we'll see you on another time. time. <laughs> well, that was beautiful. Probably lots of times, actually. <laughs> There you have it. Honestly, thank you, Steve, for starting this thread off in the forums. It was a great question, and it was really well asked. Cheers, sir. You can go to fizzleshow.co 
slash 135 to find the show notes from this article. You're going to find the Elon Musk article from Wait But Why? Oh my gosh. If you haven't read that, you have to read that. And the podcast mic review that we published this week. And I guess, sure, we, Corbett's thing on stress and whatever. Steph's as well on the prep week. And I guess Barrett's on, uh, on Elon Musk's book or whatever. But mostly it's the things that I put there, right? They're the best ones. <laughs> I'm kidding. But they're all there at fizzleshow.co slash 135. Seriously, Elon Musk, guys. Here's an iTunes review from Cincy Photog in the U.S. of A. who wrote, This podcast is changing my life. Well, you're welcome, Cincy. She, she, he continues. I stumbled upon it when I was looking for some good business podcasts to listen to and was intrigued by the orange color and the goofy grin on some dude's face. I think it was Chase. Lol. (laughs) Are you saying my face is funny looking? The show gives me such motivation to stick with my thing. And I always laugh a ton at all of Chase's antics. Oh, thank you very much. That is so kind. Everyone on the show has great words of wisdom and encouragement. The best part, as of yesterday, I can officially call myself a fizzler and have begun digging into all of the amazing content that is offered. It's already helping me to shape my vision for my business. Thanks so much, guys. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome, Cincy Photog. You, you just really like, you just really got a lot of points from me. That was a lot of, uh, you, I feel like you know how to, okay, appease Chase, compliment, 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 and then go like, but seriously, guys, it is pretty good. That was awesome. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. You know that our goal here, uh, dear listener, is to help you make progress on your business every single week. And if you leave us an iTunes review, it just helps us get other entrepreneurs to find this show. That's something that we need. So could you leave us a review? Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. Be honest. In fact, we are so close to 500 global reviews. We're only, we're literally only 15 away from 500. If you haven't yet, I would love to read your review. No matter what country you're in, it helps to get us closer to that 500 goal, and we will see it. It comes into this little thing that I use. I can see all the all the international things. So please, wherever you are, Czech Republic, Nairobi, what's up, South Africa? Hey, oh, what's up in Prague? Oh, what's going on over there, Ireland? Oh, Canada, you're my boy. All right, come on. And of course, America. Let's uh, let's all and, and all of and of course, every country I didn't name. <laughs> please, please uh, add, add your review in iTunes. It would mean the world for me to see it there. And I can't wait to get to 500 global reviews. OK, no matter how hard it gets or how hot it gets. Remember, we are humans. We are in this together. You are not alone. And it's not a win, lose, zero sum game. Make something that you care about. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.